Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. I'm Stacey Lynn, and today is Monday, January 9th, 2023. Today, I just wanted to come in here and share with you uh, a new part of our ministry here at Heart Tug International. Um, this year, I really wanted to get back to the roots of uh, of how I started this ministry, which was many years ago, um, I was blogging, and um, yeah, and people found my blog, and they really enjoyed it, and I've gotten away from doing that, so this year, I decided that I was going to start a sub-stack, uh, and I don't know if you guys know what that is or not, but it's a really great, easy writing platform, and I decided that I was going to start a sub-stack of my own. Uh, and so today I wanted to read you um, two of the things I've written on my sub-stack. And then I want to give you the address where you can go and you can subscribe to it. It's absolutely free to subscribe to. Uh, there is going to be, there is a paid thing. If you want to actually help the ministry, then you can subscribe as a paid member. And I will have paid only content that you can look at. But uh, right now it's really new, so we're growing the platform and um, everything is, is free. So I wanted to share with you the reason why I started this is because during my quiet times, I often have a lot of thoughts, right? And biblically speaking, it, I can't always do a podcast. I can't always do a video show, um, but I always try my best to have a quiet time. And so I started writing last year on Facebook uh, what I was referring to as consider this. This was this was my the title of what I would write on Facebook. And I thought, you know what, rather than put this on Facebook and give Facebook all of the, you know, the traffic and information, I thought, why not put it into my own Substack uh, blog? So that's what I've done since the beginning of the year. So we have um, we have a couple of. Uh, you know, I'm trying to do this daily or almost daily, um, and uh, we have a couple of things up there that that um, you might want to check out. So, I will read you what I wrote for today, this morning. Consider this for January 9th. What if Jesus treated you the way that you treat him? And this is what I wrote. I was thinking about how I treat my time with Jesus and his word this morning. I remember when I was a new believer and how zealous I was to rise early, to open my Bible, to take notes. I had a plan that I was given given to me by the woman who was discipling me, and it looked like this. Re- read the following daily, and actually, I didn't put this in my article, but I'll just explain this to you. I was in high school, and my friend Boo, her name's Boo, it's actually Barbara, but her nickname is Boo, uh, because when she was a kid, she used to watch Yogi Bear and go, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> so her, her three older sisters nicknamed her Boo. But anyway, so Boo was the one that uh, discipled me. She gave me a notebook. I actually still have it somewhere. Um, and in it, she wrote out a Bible reading plan for me every day. And in the Bible reading plan, uh, this is what she laid out. And I wrote this in my, my, uh, my post. Matthew 1. So this was what I was supposed to read every day. So Matthew chapter 1 and 2. So it was two chapters from a gospel. Psalm 1. 
So I had to read one psalm a day, Proverbs 1, one chapter of Proverbs a day, uh, Genesis 1 and 2, so two chapters from an Old Testament book, and then 1 Peter, one full epistle each day. So she laid this out for me as a young believer, as a teenager, and this is what I I did. I wrote, I read two chapters of a gospel. So like when I finished Matthew, I'd go to Mark or Luke or John. Um, I always read a psalm and I always read a proverb. Um, and then when I finished Genesis, I would find another Old Testament book and I would read two chapters out of that Old Testament book a day. And then every day I would read a full epistle. And those, those are your short letters in the New Testament. Those are usually sometimes one chapter, sometimes five, sometimes six, if you read the book of Ephesians. But to a lot of believers, and this is not in my article, but to a lot of believers, this is like, whoa, I can't believe you, you read this much. But as a young believer, being raised in the environment I was in, for me, it was life-saving and life-giving. So back to my article here. So I read the the plan here I gave you there. And then it says here, now to most people, they would fall out of their chairs and say, there's no way I'm going to read that much daily. But for me, I not only read that much of the Bible every day, but I actually doubled it because I did it twice a day. And I did it. I did that for years. And I actually did. I did it for years. I also recorded my prayer time and memorized one verse of scripture every day when I was first a believer. Um, And that's something that Boo taught me, right? As I said, I was zealous and radically saved, on fire for Jesus. I still am, but now I'm 40 years older, actually probably about 42 years older. And I do things a lot slower and, and with even more intention than I did when I was a kid. Back then, I was so thirsty because I grew up with a sociopath as a mother and some abusive men. I didn't know what real love was until I became a friend of Jesus and his follower. My mother was so opposed to me reading the Bible as a teenager that I hid it. I didn't know at the time, but I was essentially living as an underground Christian when I was first saved because the opposition to my faith was so grand. But as always, the Lord got me through those times, and it's because I was discipled properly. I was taught that my time with the Lord was special and that it would be the most important thing I ever do in my life. I was taught that God was always waiting for me to show up and to be with him, and that he would talk to me and listen, and he'd teach me how to live. It's true. So this got me thinking about, what if Jesus actually struggled with taking time to spend with me every day? What if God was flaky and decided to stand me up for a morning appointment with him? What if the Holy Spirit decided to take a day off and not offer me comfort, counsel, or conviction. How would I feel if all of a sudden my personal time with God was interrupted because God decided he had better things to do and more important people to hang out with? Well, the answer to that question is that it would never happen. I know it will never happen because that isn't the character of the Father, Son, or the Holy Spirit. The character and integrity of the God I love and serve is perfect. He says what he means and means what he says. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. He, he is faithful. He is perfect. And he is love. I, on the other hand, am 100% human, and I have a sinful nature. God doesn't have any sin in him. 
So as I consider this today, I thought I would share it with you because sometimes when you feel like not spending time with the one who loves you the most, those are the times you need to realize that there's nothing better in the world than to know the one who made you and loves you unconditionally. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that's the best reason to want to hang out with God. He accepts me as I am. He wants to make me better, and he knows me and unconditionally loves me. This is something to consider all day. So that is what I wrote for today. <clears throat> and, um, and, and I really do hope that it's something that you consider. A couple of days ago, I was um, also, uh, you know, I was, I, I, I think about a lot of things and I've had some very sad and unfortunate circumstances happen in the last couple of weeks. Things that um, honestly break my heart. You know, it's, it's, it's tough when you're in ministry and people who should know better do things that they shouldn't do. Um, and so on January 7th, I wrote this, and maybe one of you needs to hear this. January 7th, consider this. People who love you don't abuse you. I realize it should be common sense to know that if someone is abusing you, they aren't loving you. Yet, today in our culture, we're being sold the lie that you can abuse people and say you love them. It's a lie. Case in point, if someone says they love you but never ask how you are, don't respond to comments you make, ignore what you do, call you names, and never actually listen to you, that's not love. I don't care if they're declaring to you in Jesus' name that they love you or not. It's not love. If someone is trying to get you to compromise biblical truth, they are not loving you. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm just, here's an addendum to that. What I was thinking about there is a friend of mine who wrote me recently and she asked me, she said, I have a relative that's homosexual and they want me to go to their gay wedding. And I don't want to go because it violates my beliefs, but I don't know what to do because if I don't go, they're going to say that I don't love them. And I wrote her back, and I actually um, said, actually, it was my, well, I won't say who it is, because I know you're listening. Um, and if you're listening, I know you understand why I'm sharing this. But um, I, I wrote her back, and I, I said, you know, consider this. Consider the fact that, you know, they're not loving you the way that they say they love you. Because if somebody really loves you, they're not going to force you to go against your, your convictions, right? They're not going to force you to deny your convictions. And, and that's part of recovery, right? Part of recovery is learning to understand, you know, those of us who were abused growing up and have been put in certain roles, um, you know, where you're the caregiver, uh, you're the one that's always supposed to fix everything, or you're the rescuer. You know, it, these are natural roles that people get put in. Um, if somebody is claiming that you don't love them because you don't violate your conscience, then that's really about them pushing their morals on you that you don't want to, you know, 
you don't you don't want to to violate your own conscience some somebody if somebody really loves you they're not going to make you violate your convictions and it's hard because those of us who are people pleasers we want to make everybody happy um well we typically ignore what we want what our needs are and um you know <clears throat> cave to what people want and essentially we're emotionally bullied into doing things so i was just telling this person you know what don't you know don't don't fall into the trap that a person um who isn't in recovery falls into you're in recovery which means that you know you, you learn in recovery to be honest right you learn to be honest uh, with what's going on in your life and all that. So if somebody's coming to you and saying, well, I want you to come to my gay wedding. And if you don't, it means you don't love me. Then that person really isn't loving you. They're not respecting you. They want respect from you, but they're, they're not respecting you. And it's okay to say no. A person who can't say no doesn't have boundaries. A person who can say no does. And I will tell you, as somebody who is almost, you know, I'm going on 55 here. I'm not a child. I've been around the block a few times. Um, I can tell you that the more you say no to people, the fewer friends you're going to have. Because, because they're not really your friends, right? When you begin to stand up for yourself and you walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling of what God has called you to, and you're walking according to scripture and you're not wanting to violate your conscience because of what the scripture has taught you. You're being obedient to God's spirit. If somebody comes to you and they claim they're a Christian and they're trying to get you to violate your conscience or bully you with Jesus talk, then you can know that, you know, they're walking in the flesh and they're not caring about you which is exactly what prompted this post of mine, you know, and it's really sad because, you know, this past couple of weeks, I've had a couple of people who really should know better. They're both older than me too, which is the irony of it all to me, but they really should know better. You know, one person is doing something completely illegal and should be put in jail for it. And yet I'm getting blamed because I decided to set some boundaries with that person. It's like, yeah, okay, uh, no thanks, but you can go and, you know, do your criminal behavior without me in your life. I'm not going to be here to, to uh, support you in this. You know, and another person is so blinded by their self-righteousness that they can't see or hear anybody else but themselves. And they're acting like a big victim. And it's like, you know what? I don't have time for this. I don't have time for your, you know, tantrum. And <laughs> and you can go someplace else and throw your tantrum someplace else. You're not listening to me. You don't have any care about how I feel, what I'm going through. Um, and you know what? Look, yeah, this is, this is Bible News Radio. But what I will tell you is that so much of the issues that people deal with in the church really come down to issues like this because people aren't honest enough to to recognize the log in their own eye and all that so anyway that's just all of that part was free let me get back to the article here so i will just pick it up where i left off if someone is trying to get you to compromise biblical truth 
they are not loving you. If they're telling you that you're hateful and not loving if you have your own mind, your own needs, and your own convictions, which may be different than your theirs, guess what? They're not loving you. One thing I can tell you I know for, for sure, you are not known by most people. Most people do not love you. Most will declare they do, maybe even believe their lie, but the truth is they don't really love you. I know that's hard truth right there. For me, having done a podcast for almost 20 years, um, I get it all the time. I, I've had so many people tell me they love me and yet these folks don't know me. Some of my real life friends, they claim the same. They don't either, they don't really know me. I know this because the second you say something that ticks people off, something that makes them mad at you, they treat you like the gum on the bottom of your shoe. And those of you who know me know that I really rather say something different, but I'm trying not to this year. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> be more gentle in my speech when it comes to that type of stuff. So I continue to write, I blocked two people this week on Facebook. One person is dealing drugs. They are, they're, they're actually dealing opioids that they were prescribed, they're giving them to people, they're selling them to people and they've done it for years. <laughs> yeah, they're dealing drugs and they're claiming that they love me. The other person's so critical and demeaning and dismissive and their life is a royal mess and yet they're so blinded by their legalistic beliefs, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I've known this person for decades. So here's the thing. If no one else gives you permission to cut toxic people out of your life, let me be the first one. You are allowed to walk away from liars. You're allowed to walk away from people who are hypocrites. You're allowed to have your own convictions, your own thoughts, your own beliefs, and your own concerns. And you're not owned by anyone. Now, before, before anybody says anything here, let me just back up here and tell you, just make a comment, because I know one of you is going to think this. You're going to go, well, everybody's a hypocrite. You know what? That's actually not true. Not everybody is a hypocrite. I know people say this all the time, but you know what? I'm not a hypocrite. And I declare that boldly with 100% assurance that I am not a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody who says one thing and they do another. I am not that person. And there's nowhere anyone in my life can ever point out where I say one thing and do another. <laughs> you, you, you can't, you can't find it in my life. My husband who's known me 32 years can't find it. And he knows me better than anybody. Um, hypocrites are people who are two-faced. They are people who wear masks, they act one way in public, and they act another way in private. Um, you know, that is not me. What you see with me is what you get. Um, and the thing is, though, is when you, you know, the real hypocrites don't like people like me because I'm somebody who, who will call, call it out. I'll say it how it is which people don't like, the hypocrites don't like, the real hypocrites, you know, and they'll call you names, they'll call you a hypocrite. I'm like, well, okay, where am I a hypocrite? You know, I'm not perfect, but not being perfect doesn't make you a hypocrite. 
uh, a hypocrite is, like I said, somebody who does one thing and, the, you know, they say one thing and they, they do another. Um, so, you know, <laughs> like this person selling drugs, she knows it's wrong, but she's doing it anyway. And yet she puts on this Christian face like she's doing, you know, like she's doing God's work. <laughs> right? I mean, give me a break. But anyway... All that to say, I just had to throw that out there because people will say that, oh, oh there's hypocrites in every church. Yeah, there, there are hypocrites in every church, but not every Christian is a hypocrite. Um, I know some pretty, pretty wonderful, godly people who are not hypocrites. Um, so going on. I write, uh, if people don't take the time to listen to you, dump them. If they demean you, dump them. By the way, that's terminology my therapist taught me. <laughs> if they lie about you or to your face, dump them. These folks are a dime a dozen. And, and just so you know where I'm coming from, look, if I have somebody in my life who lies to me and they fess up, of course I'm going to forgive them, right? If they come up, if they come to me and say, you know what, I'm really sorry I did that or whatever, I'll try not to do it again, or blah, blah, whatever. But if this is a chronic liar, I'm sorry, you're out of my life. I'm not going to put up with it. I, I, I grew up with a house in a house of lies, and I don't, need to be, I, don't, I don't need to surround myself with people who lie to me all the time. I just don't. It's just not. I respect myself more than that, right? <clears throat> then I wrote, if they try to guilt you with Jesus talk, dump them. Like, for example, don't judge me. Don't judge lest you be judged. Take the log out of your own eye. Don't you know, blah, blah, whatever. And they misquote scripture constantly, and it drives me crazy. You know what? If, they, if, that, if they're that toxic person, get rid of them. Dump them. And I write, most of them are so biblically ignorant that they don't know what they're talking about anyway. And I will also add that most of these people, they're prayer warriors, and I put that in quotes, which means that they don't know the Bible because all they quote do is pray and their prayers are hollow because they're people who are living in massive sin and they refuse to repent and they're, they're deceiving themselves. Anyway, so consider this. Next time someone tells you about how, how you feel and about how they love you and you know it's not true, walk away. It's okay, people. It's okay to walk away. Jesus told his disciples to shake the dust off their feet when the people rejected his message. If you're hanging with people who are abusing you, it's not ungodly to walk away. It's the right thing to do. It really is the right thing to do, to walk away. You do not deserve to be abused. You deserve to be respected. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to be heard. You deserve to have two-way relationships that are balanced not one person's giving everything and the other person's, you know, listening or whatever. You know, those are unhealthy relationships and you have a right to walk away from these unhealthy relationships. So consider this, people who love you don't abuse you. And, you know, part of my heart here is, is to let you know, look, not only as a Christian do you not have to put up with it, but you have a right as a follower of Christ to stand up for your convictions 
and you know what? Unfortunately, in the culture we live in today, you, you might you might be standing alone or with one or two people. I got to share with you a cool thing that happened this morning. I was uh, writing that piece. I read the first one, and I get a text message from somebody, and it's somebody that I know, but they're they're they meant to text somebody else, and um, anyway, they texted me and. And I wrote back, and I, I, they, they wanted a haircut. And I said, well, I, I can't give you a haircut because, <laughs> I mean, I could. It wouldn't be good, though, um, kind of just messing with them and stuff. But as I was texting them and waiting for them to respond, because I knew who they were, and I don't think they knew who I was, um, the thought came to my mind, why don't you invite them to your Bible study? I mean, you got nothing to lose. You may as well invite them. And I've been putting out emails with my Bible studies coming up, and I thought, why not invite them? So I did. So I said, hey, do you want to come to my Bible study? I have a new Bible study. It's starting tonight. And they said yes. So they're going to come. Now, this is somebody I met in networking a couple of years ago. <laughs> and, um, and it's funny to me because, you know, they're not on my email list. They don't follow me on social media, really. So they didn't know about my Bible study. But if I hadn't listened to the Lord's prompting, she wouldn't be coming to my study. So again, you know, we have dynamic lives as Christians if we're walking with the Lord, if we're, if we're spending time in his word, if we're being people of integrity, not perfect, okay? I hope you hear this. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about being people of integrity. You know, we live a life as Christians. We're going through this sanctification process. You know, I said in an interview recently that, you know, Christians want to get born again and then they want to be glorified. They, they forget the middle part. They forget the part where we are learning our lessons. We're, we're being more obedient. We're doing what God tells us to. We're correcting our attitudes. We're doing God's work, right? Um, we don't like that part. In fact, if you read my book, Pickleball Faith, Inspiration on and Off the Court, one of the things that you'll read in that book is all about my sanctification process. I'm confessing my attitude issues throughout that whole book and what I was thinking. And I'm also showing, you know, how God corrected me and my obedience and sometimes struggle to be, to obey in that, right? You know, um, I, I've had quite a few of my friends who've read the book have laughed. They've told me, I can't believe how honest you were in that book. And they laughed through the book. And, but the reason why is because they are that person too, right? They are the same person who, you know, they're struggling too. In fact, I had one of my friends, um, after she read the book, um, we, there was a pickleball tournament you're probably going, how did she do that? How does she turn this conversation to pickleball? Well, you know, it's easy. <laughs> but anyway, we were at this tournament, and during the tournament, she got partnered with somebody that was really a bad player. They were a beginner. And because of that partner, she ended up losing the tournament. And she came up to me afterwards as she was upset. She's like, how do I, how do I, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with my anger because I lost because of that person? You know? <laughs> what do I do? And I, I just laughed, not really out loud, but I, but I said, look, you know, um, the, 
you know, just remember, you know, that was a beginner. And how would she feel? How would you feel if you were the beginner? And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. I get it. You know, and, and basically it just goes back to the fact that, look, we're all selfish. We're all selfish people. That's, that's a reality. We want things our way. We're marketed that. Burger King, hey, have it your way, you know. We're marketed stuff like that. So the thing is, is, look, we're all selfish. But if we're believers, hopefully we're teachable. And there's some people out there who just aren't. The Pharisees weren't teachable, right? They didn't come to Christ. But we as believers are hopefully growing and maturing, you know, hopefully, I, I would venture to say that most people aren't in the body of Christ. So, yeah, so that's hard. But anyway, all that to say, that was a big, long lesson here. All that to say, that's what my consider this columns are about. And there's my cat, of course. So, I would love for you to subscribe <laughs> to my consider this column. So you can go over to stacylynn.substack.com. I'm going to link it here in the show notes. So you'll be able to click over there. You can subscribe with your email. This is different than my Bible news radio list, um, but you can subscribe to the Substack. I try to update it almost every day um, and just share with you thoughts that I'm thinking about that hopefully will encourage you in your faith. Um, so that is part of what I'm doing this year with Heart Tug International and my show Bible News Radio. So I hope that this encouraged you and uh, I need to go ahead and get this finished and stuff because this friend that I just invited to Bible study can't find the email. So I'm going to take care of that. But just remember, you know, be bold people, stand up, go with God and remember he loves you no matter what. All right. And we will have a new show with a guest uh, soon. So just stay tuned. And I really appreciate you listening to our podcast. I'd love your feedback. Feel free to leave me a comment here or email me through our website at uh, hearttug.org. See you next time.